at Charlie's. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million. Make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts or join Circus Survivor where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Chiefs GM Brett Veach says the team has no intention of trading defensive lineman Chris Jones, who continues to hold out from camp in a contract dispute. The Chiefs have three players in the top 10 of the top 100, as voted by NFL players. Jones at number 10, Travis Kelsey 5, Patrick Mahomes is number 1. Cubs now two and a half games off the lead in the NL Central after last night's loss to the Mets. Jamison Tyone will start tonight's game at City Field. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Number two, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. We continue the conversation here with you until 1 o'clock. Then Murph and Andy will take the radio airwaves, followed up with The Drive with Heather and Sean. Right now we talk Hawkeyes as we are joined by David Eichel. 24-7 sports, it's Hawkeye Insider, and he joins us on a Tuesday. David, as always, good catching up. What's happening, my man? What's going on, buddy? Uh, things are going well. Uh, I'm taking a break from watching Iowa's 2022 season, Ooh. and I don't think any break's going to be long enough for uh, after the first couple of games I watched. It is just as bad, if not worse, <laughs> than I remember the original. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, definitely ready for some new film to study, Trent. I'm going to guess that is, yes, incredibly difficult. So we have our memories of a year ago and how bad that it was, certainly offensively all throughout the season. So it's even worse the second, third, fourth time around? Yeah, I think this is my fourth time watching it in total just because I try to grade each player and I just kind of go based off that, based on what I've heard. That's kind of how I do my projections for the following year. Uh, but, yeah, man, it, it's, it feels like it gets worse somehow every single time. And I know everybody was so focused on that offense and it was hard not to be Trent. That defense was even better than I It really was unbelievable what they accomplished last year. Lose some studs off that defense. Got plenty of guys coming back, though, that you're excited about. But let's open the conversation here with the offense. And Cade McNamara coming in. I saw you had his quote that we heard right after he transferred. He was on a podcast and I was just saying to people, yeah, please just believe we're going to have the crappiest offense in college football and those kind of things. His confidence, the way that he has certainly rallied this team already, and including a guy like Joe Evans, that when he showed up, Joe Evans didn't like him very much. Now they're inseparable, those two guys, you know, being together. His leadership qualities, hearing the Michigan guys at Big Ten Media Days, what they said about him, it is hard to quantify, but after three years of Petrus, he was beloved, I know, by the teammates. People loved him, but he just couldn't do it physically. Three years before that, you have three years of Nate Stanley, who is never going to be known as a rah-rah type of guy. This is a different kind of quarterback than I was had over the, certainly the last six kind of seasons. How impactful is he going to be? Not just what he does on the field and higher completion percentage and what he does there, but as that leader. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a game-changer for Iowa. I mean, we knew right from the domino spell, Trent, that Kane McNamara 
was going to be arguably the most impactful transfer, and not even just for Iowa, but for in the Big Ten. And that's what 24-7 sports ranked him as. I mean, Iowa does not get Eric All without Caden McNamara. I highly doubt Iowa gets Caleb Brown without Caden McNamara. Iowa probably doesn't get Seth Anderson had it not been for Caden McNamara. I mean, you can do just kind of down that list. But just from a leadership perspective, I think it speaks volumes the way he's been able to come onto this team in January, it would not surprise me, Trent, seriously, if he gets voted team captain. Uh, it, it, just based on what he has brought to the table from what I've talked to people behind the scenes, and the way, I don't want to say he's rallied guys, but the way he just, he holds guys accountable. And I, I, I think the biggest quote I heard from anyone was from Blake Corum at Big Ten Media Day, and I think it makes the most sense. I asked him about the transfer and his relationship with Cade, and he said Cade is a general. And based on what I heard behind the scenes and kind of watching him talk and interacting with Cade, I think that is a very, very good comparison. So take away the on-field aspect. This is a guy that people within that locker room are already getting behind, and Kirk Ferentz and Brian could not be more excited about what he's bringing to the table. Talking with David Heichold as we take a look at the Hawkeyes. David, continuing on, it is camp season. It's here. The guys have been out there. Pads have been popping for, uh, what, a little more than a week now. And Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get much information inside the walls of Fort Kinnick over there in the football practice facility. What have you heard, though? Give us a a name or two, a little bit of buzz that's been created that you've been able to ascertain here over the first few practices. Yeah, like you said, Fort Kinnick. I think that's a really good nickname for it. And, you know, it's even worse this year, Trent, because all the photographers and stuff are overseas with the women's and men's basketball teams. We aren't getting pictures. We can't grade how fast guys look in pictures. So we just have to go off those short video clips. A name that's very common, but I still think needs to be talked about more heading into the season. Aaron Graves, Mm -hmm. true sophomore, has put on 20 pounds. He could be Lucas Van Ness. It would not surprise me if he is an all-conference caliber defensive lineman this year. The way he goes about his business, he's arguably the most mature true sophomore Kirk Ferentz has ever had. A.J. Epinesa is probably in that equation. Tristan Wirfs and several others probably are too. But Aaron Graves, I just continue to hear about just how great he's been and really how much he's perfected his technique and how diligent he is with his work ethic. And on the flip side of the ball, I'm telling you, man, Logan Jones has had a very strong start. I know people are very wary on him, mm-hmm. but Kirk Ferentz raved about him at Big Ten media days. I've heard all offseason that he has continued to take those big steps, and he has the physical tools to be a real problem at that center position. So, And another guy I'll also say, just to throw out there, Caleb Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think he could be in for a massive year. I don't know if you saw his latest Instagram post, Trent. Uh-huh or the picture, oh, he is he is probably the best physically built running back Iowa has had since Sean Green. Maybe Marcus Coker can be thrown in that equation, but Caleb Johnson, I think he's really learned the playbook a lot better this year. He's not going out there and running around. This is a guy who I think is going to know what he's doing and I think can be in for a very, very nice year at the running back spot. As good as Tyler Goodson, Akram Wadley have been for Iowa here since Sean Green, He's just different. The size that he plays with. And I believe it was the Nevada game last year when he had that long touchdown run. 
and one of those analytics sites had like his miles per hour that he was running. That was one of the fastest runs in all of college football. That was a dude that was a freshman that was playing at 215, and he looks yoked. I mean, he's got to be up to what, 220, 225 now? He's about 223, and I told you this when he came on campus last year, talking about breakout guys. I think, I mean, I said it, and several other of my colleagues said it. Caleb Johnson was going to push for that spot. Physically, right when he walked on campus, Trent, he looked like an NFL back. He is just that big, and I think he's continued to really work on the physicality of it. And the crazy part was about that run, Trent, I don't know how many times he watched that replay. He doesn't even look like he's sprinting. It looks like he's gliding. I think that's the most dangerous part about it. That's not a guy that's looking to win a race. That's just a guy going about his business and being able to explode like that. So I'm very, very interested. I know LaShawn Williams and Jazzy Patterson want to make sure that they get some of their own touches as well. But if I'm Iowa, 2025 carries has to go Caleb Johnson. I just think he's in for a huge year. And if the Big Ten wasn't so stacked at running back, I think Caleb would be talked about a lot more heading into the season. I definitely see that. Need better line play. You mentioned Logan Jones in the center of it, but what else is shaking out there? What, nine guys probably realistically feel like they have a chance to start coming up this season, figure out what you're going to do with the transfers, with Dejon Parker coming in, with Rusty Feth, the veterans coming back. What about um, Richmond? Does he make that ascension to becoming you know, an all-league type of left tackle? What we see inside with Connor Colby, who was not listed as a starter. A lot to figure out there, and that remains my concern, not just when Game 1 starts out, but you know how Coach Ferentz likes to tinker with that offensive line during September. Yeah, and that's something that he's just always done. But I do think, again, let's go back to his comments about what he said uh, during Big Ten meeting, the maturity of the offensive line. And not because Rusty Fett and Dijon Parker have come into the fall. This is a guy, you know, Connor Colby, you mentioned, had started. He has 24 starts in his career. Mason Richmond, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that believe he can make that ascension. Rusty Fett, I think, can hold down a guard spot. I think Connor Colby will be able to kind of get back into the swing of things. But remember, last year, Iowa could barely put five guys on the field they felt confident in. There are maybe six guys that are pushing for that spot. So Kirk's saying there are nine guys that are legitimate candidates to start. I think you have to feel, I would say, cautiously optimistic would probably be the word I would best use, best words I would use to describe it. Uh, but there's no doubt. I mean, you can have Cade McNamara. You can have Eric All, who I think will be an all-league tight end. You can have Luke Lachey. You can have Caleb Brown. You can have the running game. But if Iowa's foundation is not solid or consistent, I, I, I still think it will be an upgrade past last year. But let's be honest, Trent, that's not saying too much whatsoever. If anything's better than last year, I think, at this point. So I'm with you. I think people should be worried. I think it's put up or shut up. And uh, it's just time for Iowa to go out there and prove it, I think. David, a couple more, uh, one more on the football front, then a couple more for you before we let you go. Defensive backfield. You feel like the starters, you're in really good shape there. Cooper DeGene, Xavier Wampa, I've heard a lot of good things already, a way that he has stepped forward now in his sophomore year. Of course, you have Quinn Schulte, returning starter back there next to Wampa in the defensive backfield at the safety position. And then Jamari Harris working his way back off of injury. But depth. And the continued speculation that there might be a name or two from the defensive backfield that ultimately has to sit out some games because of the gambling investigation. What are you hearing on the depth? After those start first four, who are some of the names that we should be watching for? 
Yeah, and Trent, I did put this in, you know, my sources say yesterday. I think that is the biggest thing for this, arguably the biggest thing for this team heading into the season. Outside the offensive line play, Iowa has to develop depth at that defensive back spot. I think they like a lot of guys back there, but there's just not a lot of proven talent. I think Iowa finding a way to blow out a couple of teams in non-conference to get those backup guys some significant snaps will be very, very key. I think T.J. Hall. I think, I'm not saying he's up next, but I do think that there's a lot of people that are encouraged and very optimistic about what he could potentially bring to the table as the weeks and years go by. I still love Cohen Entringer at safety. I think you can play him at quarterback. I think you can play him at safety. And Deshaun Lee is, I think, another guy in that quarterback room. And I'll also say this. Don't sleep on true freshman John Nestor. I mean, I'm talking to people behind the scenes. I've heard he yeah. has about four interceptions to the start of fall camp. And you talk about a ball hawk. That's a guy who feels like he was severely underrated coming out of high school. And people are sleeping on him to make that too deep. I'm not saying he's going to make it too deep by any means. But you talked about a guy that is very, very fired up to prove people wrong. And that has done things correctly early on. I would keep an eye on John Nestor as well. Good name there, a new one that we throw into the mix. We're talking with David Eicholt. You can find his work at HawkeyeInsider.com, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up here in just a moment. Basketball, in fact, they're just underway on the men's side of things as they are playing across the pond. No Patrick McCaffrey. He is at the Nike Skills Academy. He's not going to be there. No Riley Mulvey, a guy that you could feel like, boy, if he could use a little developmental time and maybe he something could click with him, well, he's got a family member getting married. He's not going to be there. A different kind of team. What are we going to learn, if anything, from these games over there? <laughs> uh, great question. I, I, I hate to be that guy, but I really don't know how much we're going to be able to take away from it. I do think this is a tremendous opportunity for a guy like Owen Freeman, for a guy like Brock mm. Harding, uh, for a guy like Price Sanford to really start to get in the, the mix of okay, we're not scrimmaging against our own teammates anymore. We're at least playing against some sort of competition. Do I expect Iowa to run away with a couple of these games? Yeah. Do I expect them to still get some significant experience? Yes, but I also think this is for Fran McCaffrey to really toy with that lineup a little bit and just try some different things. I'd love to see Brock Harding start the one in the game. I'd love to see Tony Perkins start the two. I'd love to see DeSante Bowen are at the one as well. I think Iowa feels pretty good about their wings. I think this is a good chance to get uh, Evan Bronze some minutes as well at that backup five spot, but the wings are solidified. I, I just think I'm very intrigued about how how is Iowa going to stack up defensively and on the glass, but for, for anything else, I think it's just a good team chemistry bonding experience. I think it'll be a really good chance for the freshmen to get some of that first true action in college. How's the point guard situation going to shape up? Are you of the belief that this is going to be Tony Perkins? They're going to hand the keys over to him at least early on, or do you see a push from Harding? Can we see Desante Bowen? You know, I was so excited about Desante Bowen just because he was one of those handpicked guys from Fran, and as a guy, he held off a couple of you know bigger offers that came along later on. Haven't seen it in his first year on campus. What about the point guard spot for the Hawkeyes? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark right now. I do think that the safest option. Is going to it is going to be Tony Perkins. I'd still love to see Tony Perkins in the two. I think Desante Bowen needs to take a step forward. I think him gaining that extra muscle in the off season is going to play a factor. I do think he needs to continue to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and I think his jump shot still has a little bit of work to do. But man, I'll tell you, I still love Brock Harding. I know he's undersized. I know 
Uh, a lot of people will be worried about how he physically matched up against some of the Big Ten guards. I think that's a worthwhile concern. But his basketball IQ is tremendous. He makes, he's a great passer. His three-point shot's gotten a lot better. I really would not be surprised if we saw Brock Harding make a push sometime in the non-conference season. I, I think people are going to realize that Iowa may have gotten a little bit of a feel with him. I, I really do like his game and how it could translate to the Big Ten. The guy's just a winner. And I think, more importantly, that's what Iowa needs at that point guard spot. Team's going to stink defensively in rebounding. Going to have to outscore them, but well, some things don't change during the Fran McCaffrey era. Over to the <laughs> women's side, it was not the offseason that many Hawkeye fans wanted as it pertained to the transfer portal, but saw what their opener, a big win as they dominated some Italian team by, what, 70 points, something like that. But Sydney yeah, yeah. <laughs> Falter, that was a good sign, her going out there, what she had inside with O'Grady. I wasn't as upset as I know a lot of the fan base was about them not hitting in the transfer portal like they want. I just, certainly when it comes to posts, I believe in Jan Jensen so much. It's very similar to Phil Parker in the Iowa secondary yes. for me. Yep. That's how I feel about Jan Jensen as a post. Look, as though Grady showed some really nice things, I think, uh, you know, during her freshman year, I think people need to remember that. Jan Jensen is a connoisseur at this. I think what bothered Iowa fans more than anything, Trent, about the portal is, you know, that they did try to reach out to some top targets, but they didn't have the NIL funds to compete with some of them, as, as Lisa Bluter openly talked about a little bit, I believe on KXNO uh, a couple weeks ago. But the other thing is, watching the team that they lost the national championship to, LSU, and Kim Mulkey, I have my own opinions on her as well as a lot of other people, but to watch the rich get richer and to see almost every high-powered transfer go to LSU, I think that's what really irks the Iowa fan base more than even just not getting a player via the portal. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Sydney Falter is going to be my preseason Big Ten sixth woman of the year. I think she's due for a big, big season at that spot. I think she's a good rebounder. I think her three-point shot's getting better. And I think she can bring a lot of energy off the bench for Iowa. Going to be fun, no doubt about it. David Eichold, part of HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. David, I know it's getting up to that time. You're getting football. you got your VIP articles out there, your Sources Say article that is always beloved by the Hawkeye fan base. For people that want to get involved with you at Hawkeye Insider, what's the easiest way to get signed up? Yeah, just go to HawkeyeInsider.com. If you don't have an account, you'll see in the top right corner you can log in or sign up. It's 30% off heading into the season. It's going to be loaded with a lot of VIP content, especially this weekend with the football media day on Friday and the kids' day scrimmage on Saturday. And a reminder, that is going to be free for the public, that kids' scrimmage, I know. A lot of people are very, very eager to see some of the new additions to this team. No doubt about it. Thanks as always, David. I appreciate you, buddy. Take care. David Eichel from 24-7 Sports, Hawkeye Insider, and the time to get signed up. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people. Maybe let those accounts lag during the offseason. The time to get involved is here. Football season is upon us, and a lot of great information over there with the guys. With that, we'll take a quick timeout. Come back on the other side. Continue the conversation on the BMW Des Moines guest list with Tommy Birch. We're talking baseball. We kind of push baseball back to the back burner here. Over the first, uh, what, hour and a half of the program, we'll get back into it. A lot with the Cubs after, yes, a loss yesterday, but still hanging on with the chance to be a playoff team. What can push forward? Who are some young guys that maybe still could help out for this season for the Cubs? We'll get into that and a whole lot more with Tommy Birch when we come back. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3. XNO.
Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free to have dinner with your family every night. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renters Warehouse and radio app now. The dog days of summer are here, and you're looking for a nice, cool spot to watch all the great baseball action and the upcoming football season. That place is Fat Charlie's. It's an upscale sports restaurant serving high-end favorites. And through the month of August, kids eat free. That's right, with the purchase of an adult entree, kids eat for free all through August at Fat Charlie's. Watch your favorite team on wall-to-wall TVs that make you feel like you're at a sports book, 121st Street in Urbandale. It's .com. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515-225-8866 for a free estimate or go online. 800 bets off. Not only does Central Iowa Sports provide a great environment for youth to play baseball and fast pitch, but they promote sportsmanship in the game. Help players, parents, and coaches and their relationship with umpires. Central Iowa Sports also donates throughout the year to local Iowa charities, along with donating the awards to the Iowa Miracle League. Central Iowa Sports, helping boost local economy by hosting local tournaments and creating great part-time seasonal jobs. Find out how you can get involved at centraliowasports.com. Trent Condon back with you. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. It is August. The dog days of summer are here. And joining us to talk about those dog days and baseball, he is the baseball writer with the Des Moines Register, Tommy Birch. What's up, Tommy? 
Not much. Just uh, enjoying kind of a kind of a some quiet time when it comes to covering minor league baseball. They off day yesterday. The I will say, man, the mandatory off day in minor league baseball every Monday is it's awesome. I love it. You actually can kind of put together a schedule, be able to stick with it. Yeah, that's that's got to be a nice thing for you. Absolutely. Yeah, and and the other cool part is the six. I mean, essentially every. Every series is six games, but how the minor league um, schedule kind of works is usually it's six home, six away. Every now and then there's a 12-game homestand or a 12-game road stand, stuff like that. But I think six is kind of the perfect mix where it's not too long, not too short, and and uh, it keeps the, the season kind of moving, moving flowingly. We've also seen minor league baseball and the change in the structure, some of the different teams that have been able to come here. Of course, you get the games like against Memphis, and you know, you'll know you see some Cardinal fans that'll make their way in. The Twins now, based out of St. Paul with their AAA affiliate. I'm sure you see some Twins fans from time to time. I mean, that's got to help out. It's, it's a little bit, but that's got to boost up a little bit of the gate you'd have to think there for the Iowa Cubs. Sure, and you know, I think the other part is like, man, there have been some really good prospects that have made their way through Des Moines this season. Ellie De La Cruz was a big one. I think a lot of people were kind of finding out who he was, even though Dallas Keuchel isn't a big prospect. You know, he's a big league veteran who had been around for a long time. So that's kind of the thing I tell people is don't always just pay attention to, to the prospects with the Iowa Cubs. You know, a lot of times you'll, you'll catch some really good prospects on the other teams, and I think – Maybe that's one of the things I kind of miss about how the the realignment we can call it kind of that kind of took place a couple of years ago in minor league baseball kind of stinks is like man the you the, every year you would see the the Oklahoma State Dodgers the AAA affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers come in every year and they just have prize prospect after prize prospect Walker Buehler um, they would have a clean Kershaw rehab assignment. Uh, seemingly every year too. So, um, they, you know, I, I think Iowa Cubs fans really got to reap the benefits of, of seeing that minor league system over the years as well. Pete Crow Armstrong is in Iowa now with the Iowa Cubs team. Can he help the big league club this season or is that a little bit too much too soon? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's still kind of to, to be determined and kind of based off of what the Chicago Cubs will need to. Um, because, look, uh, there are certain skill sets that I think Kikro Armstrong has that could help the Cubs immediately. He's a great defender. I mean, that guy will, will win a gold glove someday. He has tremendous speed. He is a great baseball IQ, as I'd love to say. So, yeah, I think from those aspects, um, uh, those are things that the Cubs would value. But I think the other part is, you look at the way the Cubs are constructed, too. You know, you've got Cody Bellinger in the outfield right now. The, he is as good of a, a center fielder as there is in baseball. And then the other aspect, too, is do you want to possibly impede the, the development of Pete Armstrong? I think that probably supersedes everything um, when it comes to a potential call-up. Now, I think th- there are some benefits into potentially calling up to – to have him kind of have that type of role um, <clears throat> on the bench. I mean, we saw the Cubs do it in the past when it came to to Kyle Schwarber get called up for ten days, 
um, you know, catch the bullpens, DH, stuff like that, kind of get his feet wet in the big leagues, and, and that helped him dramatically. So um, it all comes down, I think, and then to what the Cubs want to do when it comes to PCA's development. Last night aside, what the Chicago Cubs have done getting back in contention has been short of incredible. And I think Ken and I, a couple of weeks ago, started the show off with, well, it's over. There's no path for them to get back into the mix. And yeah, probably time when trade deadline comes on August 1st to, to start to deal some guys away. And yet, that wasn't the case. And what they did last week, beating the Braves, getting the wins on Saturday and Sunday, they're finally beating some good teams on top of it here. Yes, the run, the World Series, that was all great. But it's been fun also to see the fan base and... Not the hardcores that are there every single game and there every single season, but a little more of those bandwagon fans that are jumping back aboard and seeing, yeah, it's been a few years, but this Cubs team's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think in in a lot of ways they've kind of exceeded expectations. I know going into this season the hope was this was going to be a team that competes that maybe does not end up selling at the trade deadline. Maybe they do a stop buy or a stop sell. They actually ended up going into to a solid buy. So, um, you know, I, I would say when it comes to the Cubs, it's just been such an unpredictable season where um, they've just rode this giant roller coaster of emotions where they'll win nine out of a ten, nine out of ten, and then drop eight out of nine, and and just go on to onto all these streaks and and peaks and valleys where it's just inconsistent baseball. And luckily for them. Um, they got hot right around the time of the trade deadline. They're playing really well right now to essentially justify that they went that route. Now the key is going to be keep it going, keep it moving forward. I think the good thing with what the Cubs were able to do at the trade deadline was they were they were able to pick up some pieces of a puzzle that essentially did not cost them uh, very much. But in the end, the, the biggest moves are going to be you know, what happens with Cody Bellinger? What happens with Marcus Stroman? Did you end up making the right decision not trading them? Um, I think that one's going to be um, the the biggest, uh, I think, factor. And when we look back on the season about what the Cubs did at the trade deadline, at least when it comes to Cody Bellinger, if he ends up walking, they can get a compensation pick. Not going to be the same when it comes to Marcus Stroman, but at least they're keeping him in a Cubs uniform for now and at least kind of have maybe the inside track when it comes to bringing both those guys back the following year if that's the route the Cubs want to go. Cubs last night, take it in the chin to the Mets. Pete Alonso was ridiculous, but Drew Smiley, after a really, really good start to the season, his ERA is nine over his last six starts. If they went the direction, they pulled him out of the rotation, skip a start, whatever it is. Caleb Killian, Ben Brown, who would be the guy if they tapped into AAA? Yeah, probably Caleb Killian just because they called him up right now and he has pitched really, really well um, ever since he got roughed up in Miami. He he got roughed up so badly when he got called up to, to Chicago and David Ross really did not have good things to say about Caleb Killian. I was thinking, like, okay, this is possibly the end for Caleb Killian, which is kind of remarkable to say because at this point last year, or at least headed into last season, Caleb Killian was one of the top pitching prospects in the Chicago Cubs organization. People had penned him into the rotation for the future and thinking this guy is going to be a big, big part 
of the Cubs' plans and potential ride for a World Series down the road, but he, he's just struggled mightily when he's been up with the Cubs. I think it's gotten to a point with Caleb Killian where he has done enough in the minor leagues. I think he is worthy of having an opportunity to go to Chicago and just pitch. Say, we're not going to give you one outing. We're going to let you pitch for a month. Let's see how you can do. Let's see how how you perform without the idea of having to go start to start. And I think if he gets in that type of situation, um, where he's not constantly looking over his back and knowing I have to go out there and shove for five, six, seven innings where I'm going to get sent back to the minors, that's putting him in a really good situation to succeed. So I think right now, Caleb Killian probably has the inside edge. But then don't forget about Hayden Wisniewski. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that you know the Cubs were really high uh, high about coming into spring training, really high um, about going into the regular season, but just hasn't pitched as well as they hoped either. But I think uh, Hayden Wisniewski, they still see a bright future for and I think when it comes to Caleb Killian, this is really his time to shine. If he can prove he belongs there, uh, he's still got a future with the Cubs. Ben Brown right now is on the IL, the seven-day IL. Is this a long-term injury? Is this a, he's getting close up to the most innings he's ever thrown in his minor league career? What, what's the latest on Brown? Yeah, we haven't really gotten too much information in terms of what type of injury or how long it will be. It'll keep him out for. I do know it is a legitimate injury. It's not an arm injury, so that's good news. It sounds like it could be a couple of weeks, but nothing definitive. So, you know, Brown was pitching really well in the second half of the season, made some really big adjustments that had bode really well for his future, too. And, you know, that was kind of my thought going into things, too, when it came to what the Cubs were looking at doing with Marcus Stroman, where it was apparent that. Um, the Cubs were essentially willing to let Marcus Stroman walk, given that they haven't entered into any contract extension talks with him and essentially cut off ties with that throughout the season. So when I heard that, you know, I, I look at the Cubs and I say either they feel really good about the pitching that they have coming up through the minor leagues, and that includes Ben Brown, Jordan Wicks, or they feel confident about what they can get on the free agent market. And I think both things are kind of true where they have some pretty high hopes for Ben Brown and for Jordan Wicks, who, you know, Jordan Wicks coming off his best outing since coming up to AAA and has looked really good at times as well. So um, the Cubs haven't been known for producing um, some really good arms when it comes to their elite minor league system. But now um, I think you're going to see a couple arms that could play high roles for the, for the Cubs in the future. Birch, you want to make a bet with me? I don't know. What is it about the Twins? No, we'll we'll get to there in a moment. It's about the National League Central. I'll give you your choice. You can have the Brewers to win the division or the field. The Reds, Cubs, and anybody else, obviously, the Pirates and the Cardinals. But those are the only ones that are actually that matter. Who would you take, the Brewers or a combination of the Reds and Cubs to win the division? Yeah, I think I'm going to take the field just because I think like, man, I'm I'm just not totally sold on the Brewers. I, I'm not sold on anybody in that division. They're all just average to below average type teams. Obviously, what the Reds have done have been pretty incredible and pretty exciting. I think it'd be great for baseball if they ended up getting into the postseason, but I think we've kind of seen them 
maybe hit a little bit of a wall. And when it comes to the Cubs, I'm just like I said, I'm not totally sold on them winning the division um, either, just because we've seen them fall up these hot streaks with some massively cold streaks mm-hmm. as well. But having said that, like the Brewers, I'm not entirely sold on them either. So um, if I have a chance to take two teams, I'm going to take two instead of one. Tyon goes tonight for the Cubs. Is this a mirage, or has he figured it out here over the last four or five starts? Who's that again? Sorry, you're cut now. Uh, Jamison Tyone. Yeah, you know, that's been really interesting to see. You know, obviously, he struggled mightily. I think the expectations of signing a huge contract and being looked at as the guy um, that was going to be kind of the main man heading into the season with uh, Marcus Stroman for leading this rotation maybe you know got to be a little too much for him but he has pitched really well down the stretch and kind of has helped i guess kind of keep the cubs afloat too when marcus stroman has been struggling now the key for the cubs is going to be when you get marcus stroman back can jamison keep pitching well can marcus stroman return to form if they can get both those guys firing on all cylinders and pitching well down the stretch, and I feel a little bit better about saying that the Cubs have a legitimate shot at winning the Central, but that's part of the reason why they've been so inconsistent this season is Jamison has really struggled. Stroman has been hurt and has struggled at times. They both have been good at times. Nobody on that staff has been, outside of uh, Justin Steele, has been wildly consistent. I think that's that's absolutely been the story of the Cubs this season is that Justin Steele has been absolutely lights out and the most reliable guy in that rotation, which I don't think going into the season anybody expected that to be the story. Finally, the Twins. Red hot! Five in a row for the first time all season long for a first-place team. Just unthinkable, but shows you the crappy division they're in. Cleveland was selling off parts here. Are they going to cruise into the playoffs and maybe end that 18-game losing streak? I think they'll cruise into the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to end that 18-game losing streak. I mean, you know, I was trying to think about this the other day. Has there ever been a division where everybody but one team is selling? I don't know if I've ever seen this, where everybody has essentially thrown up the the white flag and said, you know, we're done. We can see. Go win it. We don't care. I think Um, there was a year in the American League Central when I think the White Sox were over 500. They sold off parts. Williams was berated by a bunch of the guys. I mean, we might be going back to Robin Ventura. It was a long time ago, but you got to go back a ways, that's for sure. It's it's pretty remarkable. And I think, you know, uh, probably the most frustrating thing, I think, when it comes to the Minnesota Twins is just they didn't do anything at the mm-hmm. trade deadline to help their, their team, really. And there were some glaring holes, and there were some – some glaring options out the trade market for them to fix those holes, and they didn't do anything. So, um, you know, I think the Minnesota Twins are a team that have at least have the potential to make a little bit of a run in October with that pitching staff. I mean, this pitching staff, like the talent that they have pitching-wise and the offense that they have, it reminds me of the days of, Johan Santana and Francisco Lariano will where those guys will throw like eight, nine innings and give up one hit and it's a solo home run and the twins end up losing one to nothing. You know, um, they're a talented team. 
but they're not talented enough to go very far in the postseason, I don't think. Well, the good news is after uh, the top two, it's not Boof Bonser that is sitting there and getting ready to start a game three, right? <laughs> or Kyle Loesch. I mean, even Ooh. though Loesch had, you know, maybe one or two good years, but yeah, it, and they don't have Henry Blanco as their, their everyday catcher, <laughs> which... Um, maybe maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing having Henry Blanco in this lineup, but uh, but yeah, it's oh, it's so frustrating because, like I said, the there were options out there for the Twins to go out and get some upgrades at the at the trade deadline, and they certainly have the minor league system to go out and do whatever they want at the trade deadline, but they really didn't do anything. Didn't do it. And that's where we are. Birchie, we are out of time. As always, love talking baseball with you, and we'll do it over a cocktail next time. What do you say? Now you're talking my language. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register joining us here. We got some baseball picks coming your way next from Circa Sports. My picks of the day coming up next, taking you up until 1 o'clock on a Tuesday. Miller and Connick continues in a moment on 106.3. 1040 WHO. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515-225-225. 8866 for a free estimate or go online at Wolf Roofing. They say there's no such thing as a free lunch, except when there is. And you can get it at Fat Charlie's. A free lunch when you bring a friend for lunch. Enjoy buy one, get one free on burgers and beer during lunch Monday through Friday at Des Moines' only upscale sports tavern, Fat Charlie's. At 121st in Douglas, just west of I-3580 off the Douglas exit. There is such a thing as a free... The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Circus Sports Iowa encourages you to gamble responsibly. Problems with gambling? Call or visit .com for details. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Short on time. Let's get into it. My picks of the day. I'm going to be at Circa in two days. Fired up about that. Didn't have time to get into some of the theories for the upcoming contest. We'll do that on tomorrow's program. We got you covered tomorrow. But it is time for a four-pack of picks today. We kick things off. 540 will be the start time here as Miami Plays on the road at Cincinnati. The Reds got another one yesterday, and they just keep finding a way. Now, Weaver has not been good this season, but the Reds mash lefties. It'll be Garrett on the bump for Miami. Give me Cincinnati plus 132. Pick number two, Valdez gets the ball for Houston in Baltimore. I wonder with 
the Kevin Brown situation we talked about earlier in the program today? Is that something that trickles into the locker room? I don't know. I'm going to fade the Orioles for one of the few times this year. Give me Houston minus 117. I'm jumping aboard the Cubs train, and I believe the Tyon has figured things out a little bit. Give me the Cubbies tonight, minus 125 against the Mets, and we wrap things up. Right back to the well again, my Minnesota Twins against the lefty. They did it last night. Prove me wrong, Twinkies. Gave me Detroit plus 103. Picks of the day every day here on Miller and Con. And that does it for today. Back with you tomorrow. We got Murph and Andy coming your way here in just a couple of minutes, followed up by the drive from 3 to 6 with Heather and Sean. Have a great day, everyone.